Well, good morning, everybody. How are we feeling today? Great. Hey, my name is Dylan. This is Jana. And we are wearing our fancy Kids Camp t-shirts this morning because tonight is the kickoff of Kids Camp 2018, and it's going to be awesome. We're so excited about it. Uh, we thought that we would come out this morning, and first thing is we would give you guys a taste of the worship that our kids are going to be experiencing all week long this week. It's going to be so much fun. So why don't you guys stand with us? We're going to be kids for just a few minutes. This first song is called My Strength. It goes like this. Trust in you, your song I will sing forever. And this one thing I know, you will never let me go. Your love is with me forever. The Lord is my strength and my shield, my rock and my salvation. And with my song I will praise Him. The Lord is my strength and my my rock and my salvation And with my song I will praise Him On the days I'm feeling down I know you're always around Your love is with me forever You hear me when I call You catch me when I fall I will lift your name up forever Come on, put your hands together Your name, So that song is called My Strength. We have so many other songs lined up for this week. It's going to be so much fun. This next song is actually one that we wrote. Uh, we wanted to help teach our memory verse for this week, which is John 10, 10. That says, I have come so they can have life. I want them to have it in the fullest possible way. And so we wanted just to help the kids memorize that verse, to know that verse, to leave here knowing that verse. So we wrote a little song to kind of help with that. So this is called John 10, 10, and it goes like this. This is when you gotta move to a little bit. You know that I have come, so they may have died. You know that I have come. Come on, put your hands together. You know that I have come. So they may have lied You know that I have come Yeah, that's it And I want them to Have it in Have it in the fullest way Yeah, I want them to Have it in Have it in the fullest way Alright, let's break it down now Hey Come on, clap your hands 
know that I have come, so they may have lied. You know that I have come. You know that I have come, so they may have lied. You know that I have come. Alright, come on, you help me sing it. And I want them to have it in, have it in the fullest way. Yeah, I want them to have it in, have it in the fullest way. All right, I need everybody's help with this part. It goes like this. Everybody say J-O-H-N. John 10, 10, J-O-H-N. Throw your hands in the air. John 10, 10, J-O-H-N. John 10, 10, J-O-H-N. John 10, 10, I want them to have it in, have it in the fullest way. Yeah, I want them to have it in, have it in the fullest way. All right, awesome job, guys. You can be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Springwell Church. We are excited about Kids Camp 2018 tonight, ages five through those kids who have just completed fifth grade. Uh, so far, we have almost twice as many kids registered as we did this time last year ahead of time, so that's amazing. Going to be an incredible week, and uh, here's the deal. If you are here this morning and you're planning on bringing a child uh, who is age five through completed fifth grade, and you have not pre-registered your child, would you please, please, please do that this morning in the lobby, just like right after the service, step out. No one's going to scare you. They're going to be at the kids' camp booth out there, and we just need to get as many kids registered as possible this morning. So even if it's friends of yours, go in and grab them a form. Let's take care of as much of that as possible. It starts at 6 o'clock tonight. If you know someone who's coming who has not uh, pre-registered yet, uh, but they want to be here tonight, just tell them to get here a little early if they can't fill out a form this morning, and we'll get them all checked in and ready to go. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, what Dylan's not going to tell you is that he... Uh, wrote that song that you just heard, John 10, 10. What he's not gonna tell you is that uh, our staff and volunteers put together the light show that you just saw on this stage. What no one's gonna tell you is the hours that our staff and volunteers spend putting together a week like this. We're expecting 400 children on this campus. That's a lot of craft materials and a lot of snacks. I get calls from time to time from, uh, from leaders at other churches wanting to know why we put so much money and time into children's ministry. Uh, this morning, I want to, uh, to answer that question for you. According to uh, George Barna, 82% of Christians accept Jesus as their savior before they're 14 years old. 82%. That means if we're gonna reach people with the truth of who Jesus is, pretty much needs to happen before they're 14 years old. 32% of children uh, come to know uh, the probability of accepting Christ uh, ages 14 to 18 is 4%. Under 14, the probability is 32%. The reason that we do events like Kids Camp is because we believe that there's gonna be hundreds of kids we're going to walk onto this campus in just a few hours. And they're going to discover the amazing truth that this Jesus can bring them life, full life. That's the point of writing a song like that. For Springwell, it's so much more than a VBS. For us, it's an opportunity for life change. This morning, as you uh, get ready to give, I hope you understand where your dollars are going. It's going to, uh, to make a difference in the life of a seven-year-old who came last year and told me for the first time, another guy gave him a hug. He'd never had that before. It's for a nine-year-old with bruises on his legs who comes in hopeless but leaves hopeful 
and it's for your child who's here every week but just needs a week to be a kid and it'd be okay. Thank you for giving and thank you for serving. Let's pray together. God, this morning I thank you for for the privilege of being able to to be a part of a church like this. A church that actually cares about kids. God, I pray that this week you through the power of your Holy Spirit would move in the lives of every kid that comes into this room and that you would make not just a, a difference now but a difference for eternity. God, I thank you for the people who are sitting in this room who understand and believe that, that it matters. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that we are called your sons and your daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. You probably know that there's uh, different ways that you can give at Springwell. You can give on the kiosk in the lobby. Uh, you can text any amount to the number that's going to be on the screen in just a minute. Uh, you can also give online, springwell.org give, or you can give in the bucket as it comes by in just a minute. If you're on the left of the row, uh, you can actually take that bucket and pass it to your right. Hope, that's a dangerous word. Everything I see in my reflection shows me exactly what I expected, exactly what everyone else sees. Someone not worth anything. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break at your name. Who do I think I am? I'm just kidding myself. I don't count. I'm no good. I am just caught up in this. I have lost all control. I am just overwhelmed still call the seed is still the rage of me is still everywhere at your name Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus you silence fear Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Why does what they think count? I remember you, Lord. You love me. You like me. You hold my tomorrows and hold me today and tell me who I am. Call these bones to live. All these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. 
the darkness fears I never leave your side you bring peace Jesus you are love for I am convinced that neither life nor death neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any power neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Stand and sing with us. Your name is a lie that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. changes everything. Lord, in our lives where there is discouragement, where there is hopelessness, Father, your light, the darkness cannot overcome your light. We praise you for that this morning. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Good morning. So like if you're discouraged, it doesn't really matter why, but you're discouraged, and it could be for a number of reasons. Maybe you're just discouraged with life. You've been trying hard, putting a lot of effort into whatever that might be, and, and you're, just, you're just not there. You just don't feel like you're making any progress. I mean, things just aren't working out, then you, you chose the right day. It could be spiritually speaking. Then maybe you look at yourself and you think, you know what, I'm, spiritually I should be somewhere else. You know? I should have matured more by now. There should be something different. And if you've ever felt that way, I just want you to know that you picked the right day. You picked the right day because we are in the Old Testament book of Haggai. And you're thinking, wow, the Old Testament book. He was a minor prophet, right? Remember last week why he was a minor prophet? Because he never made it to the majors. Just go back and listen to last week's message, and I'll try to clear that up for you. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory so you'll know what's going on in this incredible Short book, but very, very powerful book. You've got to go all the way back to King Solomon when he built the most magnificent temple for God. It was, it was amazing. In fact, nobody had ever seen anything quite like it before or, or since. Unfortunately, um, if you know anything about the Old Testament, it is a roller coaster ride, isn't it? 
And it's no different than we are today. You know, people are right with God. They love God. They're just eating God up. They can't get enough of Jesus. They can't get enough of God. And all of a sudden, the bottom falls out. And, and so they're trying something else. God's not enough. Their relationship with God's not enough. Some other God looks better. And so this is exactly what happened. And they turned away from God. So they started worshiping idols. And so God, and, and I use this word carefully, he allowed a series of, of events to take place in order, and this, you got to listen to me, to draw their hearts back to him. It's not like they were ever going to be perfect. So get off, that, get off the religion treadmill. Get off of the performance treadmill that I'm going to do better and be better. And you're still try, striving to be better and do better. You've really missed the point. Not that we shouldn't try to be better, but that's, you're going to miss the point. So he allows these, these things to happen. In 587 B.C., uh, under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian army just came in and absolutely annihilated Judah. Wiped them out. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And then to make insult to injury, it's one thing when you destroy um, their homes. It's another thing when you destroy the house of God. And that's exactly what they did. They took these Jewish people and they... Uh, they hauled them off into captivity. Um, 70 years, um, technically 50 years specifically after the destruction of the temple. And then, and then a remnant of people, about 50,000 people, were allowed to return in order to rebuild the house of God. So why were they allowed to return? To rebuild the house of God, right? And so they got the foundation in place. They got the altar in place. Man, everything's looking good. But then they came with some resistance. And guess what they did? Well, you know what they did if you were here last week. They wimped out. I mean, they faced a little bit of opposition. And they said, this must not be God's will. Because with Jesus, everything is easy peasy. It's like in First Paul. Are y'all here? Are y'all out there? I just made that up. That's not a book of the Bible. And so I just made that up. And so, you know, it, with, it, with, with Jesus, everything is not easy peasy, but sometimes we think that. And so when we face opposition, when we face resistance, we think, maybe it's not God's timing. And so for 16 years, the temple sat unfinished with no progress. And then God raises up this prophet, Haggai, to call the people back to task. And we're going to pick up the story with that context in mind, chapter 1, verse 13. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. Just, don't you want to say amen or something? We're going to get you going. It's, it's going to take a little work. We're going to get you going. So, the Lord sparked enthusiasm. Spark the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel and Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of, of the enthusiasm of Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, and the high priest, and the enthusiasm. So if you get this, now he's, he says, I did specifically with a couple of guys, and now I'm going to spark enthusiasm in the remnant of people that are left. Everybody. God began to stir their hearts, and they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies on and then he, he's very specific. He gives us a date. They started on September the 21st of the second year of King Darius' reign. And so God wanted a temple built. And so when God wanted something does, uh, um, when God wanted... <laughs> when God... I'm sorry, I spit all over you there. When God wants something done, he sparks enthusiasm in people. He did with me. Um, it's been no secret over the years. There have been times where I kind of wanted to hide it, to be honest with you, because church people get offended. Is it God give me a heart for the unchurched? He just always has. I love unchurched people. I just do. I'm looking at a lady sitting right here on the second row, technically, I guess, Amy Kirkland, who God stirred in her. Uh, he, en he enthused her. He gave her a passion for some kids in Africa. And she's white. She just likes Ken, sorry. Are you with me? When God wants to do a work, he will, he will stir the hearts 
of his people. He, he did it in the Old Testament, he did it in the New Testament, and he's still doing it today. That's free, it didn't cost you anything. And then he says, he said, I am with you, and here's what I want you to do. So now they're thinking, man, we got this. We got this. We're going to build like the most amazing temple. And then a month goes by, and guess what happened? A month goes by. Remember, they started the work. Everything was looking good. They faced a little bit of opposition, and they whipped out. And then they, didn't, they, they stopped building the house of God, and they started building their own houses. Remember that from last week? And they had these panel houses, and so they had like crown molding and granite countertops. I mean, it was amazing. And so then, then they sat down and didn't do anything, and then God stirred their hearts again, and they started, and a month goes by. Well, let me just tell you what happened. Then on October the 17th, and so Haggai's very specific. He's given us dates for a reason. Of that same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. So God sent a message because after a month, you won't believe what they did. They quit again. They, they, they quit again. And so they were like, you know, we got this. Man, this is awesome. We've got this. We can conquer, you know. I mean, I know that we, we, we started and then we stopped, but then God has enthused our hearts. He's fired us up. He's pumped us up. He's got us excited. And then for a month, they go at it, and then they fizzle out again. And you've got to be thinking at this point, right? That's a bunch of doggone losers. These people are nothing but a bunch of spiritual losers. But I would be careful to be so critical because how many of us in here could admit, if we're honest, and this is a safe place, then how many times have I started and stopped? How many times have I quit? How many times do I know that God has called me to something, who's, who's got a hold of my heart, who's given me a passion, but then things got hard, and I just quit? How many forget about the big calling of God, just that you were walking with God and something happened, and you got your feelings hurt, and you fizzled out? So God had Haggai ask him a question. And asking this question, it's like God's trying to get at the root of their discouragement. Haggai asked, does anyone, is, is there anybody here that remembers the house of God, this temple in its former splendor? In other words, here's what he's saying. Is there any, who, who here today is old enough to remember like Solomon's temple? I mean, like who's old enough that they could possibly remember that. Then he says this, how in comparison does it look now? And then he even tells them, I mean, he says, I tell you, it must look like it's nothing at all. So you got started really, really good. And then suddenly you started to do that thing, you started to compare, right? And discouragement will always bring, uh, comparison will always bring discouragement so if you're discouraged today maybe you're discouraged for one or two reasons first one is so easy maybe you're discouraged because of comparison he says how in comparison does it look to you now so these people are doing the same work that we the same thing that we often do they're just they're just comparing our start to somebody else's finish. And Haggai would have been able to raise his hand. They believed that he was probably about 70 years old when he wrote this. And so he would have been one of those people that would have been able to raise his hand and said, I remember, I remember Solomon's simple. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. But this one, not so much. There's this sense of comparison. I'll tell you what I found in my life is that comparison will absolutely kill momentum. It'll do it every single time. You could be a guy and you're, uh, you're thinking, you're looking at another guy and you think, you know, he's got a great job. Uh, he's got an amazing wife, new car, killer house. I hate my job. I'm single and can't buy a date. My car barely runs and I'm renting in a bad neighborhood. Comparison. Maybe you're a lady and you're comparing your kids with her kids. You know what I'm talking about? So you look at her kids, and they go to school every day looking like they stepped out of a fashion magazine. Their little outfits just match, and they've got college credits, and they're only in the fifth grade. 
And you look at your kid, you know, like right before you get ready to put them on the bus or right before they get ready to get out of the car and their, 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 their hair looks like a bird nest. And you're looking and you thought, man, I should have checked what they put on. Nothing they have matches at all. And who are they walking in the doors of the school beside? The perfect kid, right? You know, and, and your child college credit in the fifth grade, your, your kid's flunking P.E. And you know what? You're discouraged. That's easy. I think that's easy. And I think that we're all guilty of that. Pastors may be the worst, quite honestly. I think we're probably worse at comparing our church to somebody else's church, our ministry to somebody else's ministry, our popularity or whatever it might be to somebody else's. And he's bigger and he's badder and he's got more people coming. And so I think, you know, we get sucked into that just like everybody else. But you do it too. But you know what? I think there's a second reason for discouragement that maybe we don't talk about as much. And I think that what that is is a lack of progress. And they're like, you know what? We're into this a month. And it's just not going well. I mean, we're, we're not making a whole lot of progress. And so for you, you know, you go on that diet, you know? You, you hated it. You fought it, you know, and finally you gave in and said, okay. I'm going to do it. And so maybe, maybe you did like I try to do, and you start on Friday kind of thinking, getting geared up for Monday. You with me? And so you, get, you, you pray about it. You ask Jesus to step in and do the supernatural because you know you're going to cheat, you know. So you're thinking, i got to have a little bit of Jesus in this. And so you're doing all that. You get ready. And so you go on that diet, and for a month, you didn't eat anything but kale and rice cakes. And you get on the scale, and you gain two pounds. <laughs> and you're thinking, my gosh, I'm working out, I'm, I'm, I'm eating nothing. Water tastes better than what I'm eating, you know? I mean, there's, everything is tasteless. I'm working so hard, and there's no progress. And what do you do? You just quit. You just quit. The lack of progress just kills your motivation. Or maybe it's, that you, you're, it's just your lack of spiritual progress. Maybe that's what you're struggling with. Maybe you've been trying really, really hard to overcome a sin. And you just can't do it. And then you got those friends, like the really spiritual friends. You know what I'm talking about? They look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus. They make you sick, don't they? I mean, really, if you're just going to be honest, you just want to walk up and slap them, just as if they'll slap you back. I mean, you, you know, you got that thing going on inside of you. And you look at them, and they look, they look like they have it all together. They look like they're perfect. And you, you can't even ride together with you, uh, to church on a Sunday morning with your family without threatening to kill each other. And so you compare yourself to somebody else, and you look at your lack of progress, and you just think, spiritually speaking, I should just be further along than I am. Some of you have been praying for your kids. And you've been doing everything you can to help them make good decisions. Man, you've had those family meetings, you know. You've had those sit down, let's have lunch. Let's talk about this. And you've done that. And in spite of everything that you've done, you know what? They just keep making one bad decision after the other. Let's just be honest. It's one dumb decision right after the other, right? And you just think, I just... I don't see any progress. And, and, and so, you know what? You want to give up praying for your kids. You don't want to give up on your kids, but you are to a point when you think, God, where are you in the midst of this? And I've been praying so hard, begging and pleading with you to do something, and you're discouraged. You're really discouraged. There's just no progress. You just think that by this time you should be better off. You should be better off. And you just wake up incredibly discouraged. You're not where you thought you should be. You think, by now, I thought, I thought we would have bought a house by now. I, I thought I would have had a different job by now. I, and then you, you compare. You, well, she's so much further along than, than I am. He's got so much more than I have. They've got this, and I've got nothing, and I'm trying my best, and I'm praying, and I'm begging and pleading with God, and you know what? Nothing is happening. There's no progress, and you know what? Some of you are right on the verge of just throwing in the towel and saying, you know what? I don't think it's worth it. I just don't know if it's worth it anymore. 
going to church and tithing and serving. For what? Where's the payoff? So, are you ready for the secret? Are you ready for the secret that's going to fix and cure all of your discouragement? Let's try it one more time. Are you ready for the secret? Thank you, thank you, thank you. It just helps old guys like me. So here we go. Here's what he says. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. How you doing? So what do you say? And some of you are thinking, I hope you got something else. Because isn't that the problem? You have been strong. You know what? Some of you have been faking it till you make it. Let's just be honest. You went to that church, and somehow they said, just fake it till you make it. You know, I remember a guy being on stage one time, and it was during a worship time, and, he, and, and the people were just kind of dead, and they, there was no life. In the, in the, and he, he walked out, and he said, just fake it till you make it. I won't know any better. It'll help me, so just fake it. Stand up. Fake it. But you can't fake it, right? You've been trying. Well, he's got more. Aren't you glad? Then he says, and now... Get to work. How are we doing? That did it right there, didn't it? That was like you said, be strong. I, but get to work. I didn't know that part. That was the secret sauce. But maybe you're discouraged because the truth of it is you have been doing the work, and that's the problem. The problem, the reason that you want to give up and quit is because you know what? You have tried to be strong. You've tried to quote verses. You've tried to pray. You've done, all, you know, you've done everything you know to do, quote scripture, you know, take a pinch of salt and throw it over your left hand, shoulder. You've done everything you know to do, and you have tried to be strong, and you've tried to do the work, but you can't do anymore. And you're just wondering, is this, there's got to be more. I mean, surely there's more encouragement. We'll look at the next verse. Now get to work, for I am with you. That should have been, amen. Now get to work. Be strong and get to work because I'm with you. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So don't be afraid. Man, I, I have so labored over this passage prayed and said, God, help me. How do, how do we explain this? And honestly, I feel like I say it all the time. His presence is enough. Being with him is enough. And I got to be honest with you. The older I get, the longer that I walk with Jesus, the more that I do know he's enough. But you got to go through some junk before you can get there. I, I look at, sometimes I look at young folks and I think, man, I, I feel sorry for you. Because you got to wade through some disappointment. You've got to wade through some discouragement. You, you've got to wade through some, some doctor's appointments. You've got to wade through walking into your boss's office. You've got to, to wade through looking at the checkbook and knowing that there's no money left. You've got to wade through some junk <clears throat> before you'll know that his presence is enough. So I said, Lord, how do I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain this. So here's the best I got. I'm crazy about my wife. I don't know if y'all have uh, picked up on that or not. I'm crazy about her. Let me tell you how I feel about my wife. We've, we've experienced some incredible things over the years. We have. Uh, oh, my gosh, we just got back from a dream vacation. It was. It was a dream vacation. I saw stuff I never dreamed that I would see in my life. I went places. Listen, when I grew up, if we could go to Myrtle Beach for a weekend, are you with me? I mean, that was wow. And then I heard there was Gatlinburg. But you have to make a choice. It's either Myrtle Beach or Gatlinburg. You can't do both. That's the, that's the home I was raised in. So Karen and I have had, 
We've had the opportunity. We've experienced some of the most incredible things that you could possibly imagine. We have stood and literally, and the people that have traveled with us can tell you, will stand and cry, shed tears with just the mere thought that God has allowed us to experience some of the things that we've been able to experience. But let me tell you what else. We've also had the lowest of times that you can imagine. I've lost a niece and a nephew. My mom and dad are gone. Have been for years. I've, I've lost a best friend. Every time I walk in this building, I'm reminded of my friendship with him. And if it weren't for him, we probably wouldn't be on this property. And he committed suicide. I've been through some junk. We have been through some stuff. I remember what it was like uh, to stand right back there one, one day with a group of bankers and to look at them and say, we didn't make a payment in May, we hadn't made one in June. We're not going to make one. In, we didn't make one in July. This is August. We're not going to make one in August. I'm going to be honest with you. We're probably not going to make one in September. In fact, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know when we'll ever make another payment. And so here are the keys. I'm going to make, this is going to be the easiest meeting you've ever had. I know what that's like. Karen and I experienced that together. But listen, listen to me. Let me tell you what I know. What I know that as long as she has been with me, I said, I don't care. Bring it on. Because at the end of the day, I still have the most beautiful woman in the world that's right by my side. And it's because she has some kind of supernatural power and could resurrect the dead? No. Is it because she could wave some kind of magic wand and make things better? No. In fact, when some of our personal difficulties in finances. We were working two and three jobs apiece. I know at one time we had probably five or six jobs between the two of us trying to pay the bills, and we couldn't. So it's not because she had some supernatural ability. It was just knowing that but with her by my side, I'll be okay. If, if, I, if I lose everything I've got, as long as I got her, and that's, that's how I feel about my relationship with God. That's what I've been trying my best for way so many years is to, to be able to get people to understand He is enough. His presence is enough. And honestly, there's been times when, and believe me, He and I had some battles over the whole church thing, you know, God, we're, we have been strong. I've got up on, we've been strong. Lord, I have done the work. We've done the work. In fact, we've worked so hard that we've burned out. We've, we've just about killed our staff. And no matter how hard we work, things get worse, not better. I've been there. But then I've been able to stand back and say, Lord, you're enough. You're just enough. I don't care what happens. I came into this world with nothing. I guess if I leave the world with nothing, who cares? But there is also the fact that when he is with me, I have a supernatural strength dwelling within me. Romans 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives. He lives in you. The Old Testament my spirit will dwell among you. New Testament, he lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies in the same, by the same spirit living within you. I, I would say, honestly, and this is terrible. I don't know if this will be encouraging or it will be discouraging. But I would say that when you are to a point when there's nothing else that you can do, when you've done everything humanly possible, you are at the best place possible because now God can step in supernaturally and do what you cannot do. So he says, be strong in the Lord and, and do the work. Put, another, put down another stone. Mix up another batch of mortar. Get your level out. Get your plumb bob out. 
Consistently do the last thing that God told you to do. Consistently choose the hard right over the easy wrong. I read this quote from a, another pastor as I was preparing for this. I, I thought it just to steal it from him, but now I don't remember who it was, but it was another pastor, it wasn't me. Here's what, he, here's what he said, and I thought it was powerful. He said, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Let me read that one more time. He was smart, wasn't he? Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. So be strong and keep praying for your kids. Be strong in the Lord and keep praying for your marriage. Be strong in the Lord and, and keep paying off that debt. Even if you look like you're not making any progress at all, be strong in the Lord and trust Him. He's enough. Be strong and stay in the game. Be strong and consistently do what normal people do occasionally. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, I love this. I absolutely love this. I read it the wrong way for years. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. And it hit me. The assumption here is we are going to get tired of doing what's good. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Come on, we can get that out, can we not? And then he says this, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Be strong and do the work. Do consistently what normal people just do occasionally. Then he says this, we'll wrap this up. He says, the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. It wasn't. It was so good, wasn't it? You were just going, whoa! They built the next temple and it was awesome. It wasn't. So let's continue to read. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in its place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Actually, secular historians say it wasn't close to Solomon's temple. And if you're a Christian, you're probably thinking, you probably shouldn't like say that. You know, it's not like you don't draw the crowd with that kind of news. It looks like God's a liar. So what was God saying? God was actually foreshadowing the New Testament truth of his love. Here's what you got to know. So often the Old Testament, what happens in the physical is often just a picture of what's going to happen in the spiritual in the New Testament. It's a foreshadow. God shows physically what he's going to do spiritually. He, he shows us naturally what he can do supernaturally. It's a foreshadow. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the people had to, had to go to God in the Old Testament. They had to go to the temple. And when they got to the temple, they had to offer sacrifices for their sin. And once a year, there was a, a lamb, and that lamb was, was uh, throat would be slit, and they would take that blood and offer it as a, an atonement, a sacrifice for the sins of the people. In the Old Testament, the people had to go to the house of God. And I think we still have got that so messed up. I was, I was raised with that mentality. This is the house of God. Right? How many of you were, some of you probably, well, we reached a lot of church people. But how many of you grew up in the church and you couldn't even talk loud in church? Your mama would paint the blood, right? My kid, and run in the church? You'd go straight to hell for that. There's no prayer. I mean, there's nothing. You've got no hope. It changed in the New Testament. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body, your, whoa, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Don't you realize that? So in the Old Testament, you had to go to the temple and make a sacrifice in the hopes of being made right with God. And in the New Testament, God came to us. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? The God, the creator of the world, stepped out of being worshipped all the time to step into this world and to be crucified on a cross. It would have been different like if he just left the glory and splendor of heaven and come down and set up like a kingdom, but he, 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 he went to the cross. It's crazy. See, Jesus is that greater 
glory. And it just changes everything. So you don't have to be strong and do the work on your own. You do it because he's in you. But not, and, and he's with you. And it's not that he's there, out there somewhere, and you pray, God, show up. So we, we, God, our theology's been so bad. Lord, show up this morning. God, we pray. He's already here. He said, I'm here. I was here before you got here. I'm here. Are you going to acknowledge my presence? My presence. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit if you're a follower of Jesus. He does dwell within you. The glory of this temple will be greater than the glory of the former temple. Jesus is the greater glory as a follower of Jesus. What separates you from a non-follower of Jesus is not all your good works. Stop it. Stop it. We're just as messed up as they are. We're just forgiven. And we have the awesome presence of God within us. So if you're discouraged today, just remember, God came to you. He made a sacrifice so that you could be made right with him. And he's not just with you, he's in you. Some of you are discouraged today. You, you walked in overwhelmed with life. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what you struggle with the most. But you're struggling. And honestly, you've been trying to be strong. Stop it. Can I just say that in Jesus' name? Stop it. Quit trying to fake it till you make it. Just acknowledge and say, you know what, God, I cannot do this on my own. I want to be strong, but not, and I want to do the work, but I can't. You have to do it. You've got to do it in me. And so you just got to give up. You got to let the walls down. Quit pretending. Some of you are just on the brink of just saying, man, I'm, I just don't see any progress. Some of you are discouraged because you know what? You've been comparing yourself to somebody else. Stop it. Be strong and do the work because he is with you. And I promise you this. He's enough. He is absolutely enough. If you lose everything you've got, he is enough. So if you're here, this would be the time where I say, bow your head and close your eyes. But if you're a follower of Jesus, and you know what, you just be gut level honest and say, man, I'm struggling. I am praying, and I, there's things, and I'm just discouraged. Can I just pray for you? Would you slip up your hand? Just let me pray for you. Lord, there's some of us that are just acknowledging that we're struggling, or that we're discouraged. Lord, some of us, and let's be honest, Lord, we're sick and tired of trying to be strong. We've tried to be strong. We've tried to do the work. And Lord, we've missed the part of just surrendering to you and knowing that your presence is enough, that you are just enough. You alone. My relationship with my wife, God, you, just knowing that you're beside me. Even if things don't get better, I know it's okay. So Lord, would you just speak to people and encourage them as only you can. Everybody look this way. So we, uh, we talked about doing the work, staying in the game. Now, I'm going to talk to you about not doing the work. What? I'll talk to you about not doing the work. You do the work when God calls you to do the work, okay? But when it comes to being made right with God, Jesus did the work. Stop trying to do the work. Ephesians 2 verse 8, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Ha! Not by works. Not by works. So that no one can boast. There's no way that you could ever be good enough. And that's the point of the cross. So for those of you that maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you would say, oh man, I've been, I've been trying to get better. You know, I've been trying to like work my way to Jesus. Stop it. Don't do the work. He's already done it. Will you just trust him? So if you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to be. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And maybe you pray a prayer, something like this. Put it in your own words. But maybe you'd say, God, I've been trying to be better. I've been trying to do better. And it, I just can't get it right. And then I hear the story this morning that the cross, that's what you did on the cross, was you took care of all that. 
took care of all my works, all my doing, all my trying to be better. You died for all my sin. And I believe you're alive. So I'm just asking you right now to forgive me of my sin. Scott talked a few minutes ago about the Holy Spirit of God stepping in. I want you to just step into my life right now. Take possession of me. I fully surrender my life. Everybody look this way. I just thought it would be cool this morning. Uh, our team thought it would be really cool this morning if we would just finish with some worship. And the kind of worship hmm, that would just draw you into His presence and let you know that He alone is enough. When this life has overwhelmed me And I feel like giving up I will cling to all you've promised It will always be enough When the world around me crumbles And it's hard to understand I will run to you, my shelter I am safe within
today we can leave here with confidence knowing that we serve a God who is able to reach the deepest and the lowest places within us and in our lives. This next song is called God is Able. Let's sing this together. God is able, He will never fail, He is Almighty God, greater than all we see, greater than all we ask, He has done great things, lifted up, sing it out, He defeated the grave. able to take care of the discouragement that you're facing in your life. And that's why we're here today, is to celebrate that. Uh, here's what I want you to know. If you're facing discouragement right now, uh, that's what the church is for. That's why we come here uh, into this building. We could watch a service online. We could do that in a lot of different places, but we come here to be with other people who can encourage us. And so here's what I want you to do. If you're facing discouragement today, there's going to be some folks who are going to be right down here. They would love to connect you. That's what they're going to be here for. They want to connect you with other people. Also, the reason that we have a church office staff is so that you can call and know when you call, you're going to get somebody on the phone. Call our office tomorrow if you're in a season of discouragement. One of our pastors will meet with you. We will do whatever we need to do, night, morning, afternoon. It doesn't matter. We want to meet with you 
and not only just meet and pray with you, but also connect you to other people who are facing similar circumstances so you can just love on each other. Please, let the church be there. Let the church actually be the church in your life. I want to let you know just one quick announcement before you head on out, and that is that July 1st, uh, the first Sunday in July, the week of the 4th, there's only going to be one service here at Springwell that day. It'll be at 11 o'clock on Sunday, July 1st. Thank you so much for being here today. We'll see lots of you back here tonight at 6 o'clock for Kids Camp. Have a great day.